Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome, and this is Cindy Meyer, and this is the weekly Spirit Seeker Hour, brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. And Spirit Seeker Magazine has been published for 23 years, um, started off as a quarterly newsletter, then went to a six-time-a-year magazine, and then in February, of, you can find us uh, as a print magazine in the Midwest, in the major cities of Chicago, St. Louis, and Springfield. And then we're in a lot of other smaller towns. And then, uh, in addition, we are in West Palm Beach. And then we've been online since 1998. So Spirit Seeker is a, um, a conduit of knowledge for our readers and for our on, um, online readers and the email newsletter readers. So we would like to invite you to be part of our email list. We um, do not sell our list. It's sacrosanct. But we do allow um, other people who have fabulous events to advertise uh, their events on our list. So you will hear about who the guest is on the weekly radio show, when the magazine is online, and about other uh, national and even international at this point, um, Mind, Body, Spirit events. Okay, so the last announcement before I bring on my guest is please email us at info at spiritseeker.com asking to be added to the email list or go to the spiritseeker.com uh, website and there is a join our uh, newsletter there. So either one is fine and that will make you eligible for drawings for books, DVDs, tickets to events. We have so many things that um, come to the Office of Spirit Seeker and we like to share it with um, our email subscribers. Okay, so I think that is it. I am now going to bring my guest on. Um, my guest is Margaret Ann Limbo. She is the author of Chakra Awakening, The Essential Guide to Crystals, Minerals, and Stones, The Angels and Gemstone Guardian Cards, Color Your Life with Crystals, and she has, uh, in addition, seven spoken audio CDs. She is the creator of a line of award-winning aroma energetic sprays, including Smudge in a Spray and the Seven Chakra Sprays. She is a spiritual entrepreneur and practitioner, aromatherapist, and the owner of the Crystal Garden, a bookstore, gift store, and spiritual center in southeast Florida. Tonight, she will be discussing her newly released uh, book, Crystals Meditation, uh, I'm sorry, Crystals Beyond Beginners, and then she will be discussing Crystals Meditation and Mindful Meditation. So, Margaret Ann, welcome. Hi, Cindy. Thanks for having me on tonight. Oh, I've been excited ever since we scheduled this. I'm like, yay. <laughs> yay, you know, we're back together again. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Margaret Ann, you're an inspiration to me with all of the knowledge that you bring with the Ascended Masters and the different card decks. And, you know, you just have so many things, and your store is like a mecca for that whole area, and people order online. Um, every time I'm there... I see packages going out, and just it's just amazing what all you do for so many. Oh, well, it's my passion, and it's also my life purpose. So I am honored to be able to get to do it, right? Yes, absolutely. So like what's you going are on? An amazing, the... uh, <laughs> I like just what? want to say, just like you are an amazing journalist, and that you also are well-published in your own magazine, and all that you've done over the years. I just wanted to give you that nice compliment because it's true. Oh, well, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, you know, we've both been on the front lines for a long time, and things have changed. So for you, you know, we can go in a lot of directions. We're definitely going to talk about the book and meditation, and et cetera. But before we do that, would you like to share anything about your journey on how you were drawn to this? Because I know you were like a total businesswoman, and then the next thing you know you like how did this happen that this whole path opened for you (laughs) that's right it sort of happened to me that's a good point you know as um i was a mortgage banker for a number of years and uh quite a few actually and then the stock market crashed back in 1987 and i opened my store the crystal garden in 88 um, with the idea that it was, you know, while I was looking for my corporate position, because I was in senior management, I was used to being in that whole, you know, that whole genre, that whole industry, and I really loved it. I was, I enjoyed helping people get into their homes and doing, you know, mortgage lending and financial work. But you know what? 
there was a bigger purpose or a different purpose. Well, I don't know if it's bigger. It's different. And um, I was able to, you know, roll into the Crystal Garden, so to speak. But I grew slowly over time. You know, it, you know that expression, it takes 10 years or 10,000 hours to become an overnight success. And yet I, I feel like it took me 30 years <laughs> to oh, become funny. an overnight success. You know, a lot of dedication. It didn't happen overnight, right, Cindy? No, it's it's a process and it's a journey and every moment counts. And but with the crystals, were you like a rock girl as a young young girl drawn to I mean like I, no. I have always been drawn to crystals. Like I mean, I had a collection because my grandparents had this three hundred acre farm and they it was where the tip mining happened. So these crystal quartz rocks were there and I mean I would collect these things as a little girl and just be fascinated with them wow that's really awesome no I really other than getting a rock collection when I went to Colorado when I was six seven years old we went and visited my relatives that lived in outside of Denver I uh, really was more into collecting seashells and my life was more focused on like the power of positive thought, like I grew up with the metaphysics, even though I was brought up by, you know, a pretty strict Roman Catholic family. My mom was very uh, metaphysical at the same time, although I didn't look at it that way back then. It was, that's not what we called it. She was someone who taught me telepathy and, and, and connecting with the plants and communicating with the plants and I remember she said, now, Margaret Ann, you don't need to go telling people that you're talking to the plants. (laughs) Funny. She knew. She knew that you were like this bright little being, but that other people wouldn't understand the two of you. Well, you know, perhaps, I guess, you know. So it's, I, and I, we grew up uh, reading the horoscopes and discussing dreams. My mother was a prophetic dreamer. So a lot of that, uh, um, you know, the world that I live in now, even the working with and, and living with angels, it was just normal. It wasn't it wasn't something that I read in a book. It was something that I lived as a as a young girl. But it wasn't made to feel odd or different because I was also very spiritually aligned with the Roman Catholic faith and really enjoyed the mystical aspects of Catholicism. And and I didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. I yes, I am totally embraced Buddhism and Hinduism and getting getting into especially understanding native spirituality and and working with a different um, different aspects of a connection with the divine. So it's a it's a nice fine blend, you know. Right, you know, I um, my mother um, married my stepfather, and we all converted to Catholicism at that time. And so I grew up going to the Catholic uh, school and, you know, riding our bike like two miles. I'm not kidding. We rode, we rode our bikes two miles to get to the school, and there would be mass wow. every single morning. Yeah. Remember the mass? <gasps> like, I don't know if you uh, – yeah, and yes. every single morning. And you'd put the little veil on your head or your beanie, but yep. normally your veil. And then, of course, the uh, mass was in Latin at that time, and the priest's back was to you. And I remember the shock when the priest all of a sudden was turned and they – and he, you could tell the priest was uncomfortable with it too at first until everybody got used to it. But I love the incense. I love the high mass when you would sing. I love the rosary. I loved all of it. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. I think of so much of that when I'm doing my prayer beads or doing my mantras or doing, you know, so many of the different things that I do. And it was the Catholicism and the rituals and routines that really, and even the fasting, because I've been getting back mm-hmm. into fasting again. And we would fast as kids, you know, you just did it. Yeah, it was really like we never ate meat on Fridays. And now during Lent, and now I guess in Lent, I don't know, I should know this, but I think during Lent you don't eat meat on Fridays if you're following based on Catholic, you know, principles. And now we're in Lent. (laughs) This is Ash Wednesday. Yeah, that's tomorrow. (laughs) So that's something to contemplate. I don't know if I'm going to be doing that or not, but, you know, that doesn't matter. The point is, is, to fast, maybe fast from something. It doesn't have to necessarily be a a food item. You know, I saw a good um, meme on Facebook or somewhere on social media about fasting from um, judging others. 
Uh, that's a good and, one. Isn't it? I think that it is. is. I mean, I don't one. really yeah. feel like I'm very judgmental, but, you know, if I really contemplate, I must have, I know I must, you know, have a thought go through and, you know, I'll look at that hair or whatever. I may never say it out loud, but then again, I might do that to myself. So um, it's not just others, you know. So that's something that I would like to improve in my life uh, during this lentil period. <laughs> well, and, you know, I w- it was interesting. I was just talking to someone today about, um, you know, the Jewish faith. Because they asked me if I was Jewish, and I'm like, no, I'm not. I said, but I know a lot about Judaism because my second husband was Jewish. And I said, and I uh, prepared my son, you know, for his bar mitzvah. And I said, I had to, like, really learn a lot. I said, but what I can honestly say is that, like, uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, especially, you know, like, I love how there's a sentence, you know, several sentences of querying, you know, when you start the new year, you have nine, I think it's nine days or 10 days, but it's nine days with this Yom Kippur to do your forgiveness and your atonement and go into the new year with, you know, having opened your heart. And and some of the questions are like, where could I have been kinder this last year? Or is mm. there a, of an area where I could have been a little more generous? Or was I judgmental? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a series of questions that you query yourself. And then if there's anyone with whom you need to apologize or make amends, you have this nine or ten days to clean it up, and then, you know, you start your new year. And it's always timed. Everything in the Jewish faith is timed with the moon cycles. So it's the new moon mm. and the harvest. And, you know, so each religion, you know, has its own um, beautiful gifts. And to me, that's the part that makes it all really quite amazing. And then when you add the other spiritual practices, which we're going to talk about now, um, it just it's just amazing. And each person finds their own way with it. I love that. I think that's so important to um, have periods of time where we we do contemplate and reflect on where we can improve and how we can, you know, be a better person and and what can we do to shift. And, I mean, and sometimes we can't even see it. We don't know what it is. And that's that's where the contemplation, I think, comes in. Maybe even praying about it to be shown. You know, yeah, maybe I don't see what, where I need to improve, but if show me how I do. But be gentle when you show me. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the Native American traditions, it's like what you just described. Like when you know that there's a shift that you're ready for and you're just like kind of lost a little bit, you can, you know, it's called crying for a vision. You know, people do vision quests. Yeah. But, but there's an oil that this friend of mine used to blend with these Egyptian oils and you know, I probably had 30 different oils in a bag, and I would just intuitively draw an oil a day. It was like, you know, probably 20 years ago I was working with this. And I kid you not, Margaret Ann, I picked crying for a vision seven days in a row, like out of all these 30. And and I knew that I was asking for what's my next step. And um, wow. And I think that's the beautiful part of you teaching people how to work uh, with crystals and how to meditate um, and, you know, Deepak Chopra, the first time I saw him was in 1996, and he never once called it meditation. He cited the um, Herbert Benson Harvard, uh, you know, study on the relaxation response, and he mm-hmm. cited, um, he described meditation as lengthening the quiet pauses between the thoughts. I love that. That's such a good way of describing meditative practice. Yes. We don't have like to do like down. 20 minutes not thinking. You, you're practicing lengthening that time. It's perfect. I love that. I've never forgotten it. The other thing is when mm-hmm. I saw him the next time, it was like many years later, and he said we were way beyond synchronicity. That is like we're way beyond that. This is probably 15, 20 years ago he said the following. He says we are into synchro destiny. He said pay attention to any groups that you're in you probably have worked together with the people, which is why you're all drawn together, or you're coming together this lifetime to do something together, or you would not, like, it's not by, you know, randomness. We're here by conscious design, whether we realize a divine appointment. And so I really firmly believe that when we slow it down with meditation or slow it down with being mindful, that's where the good stuff happens. 
I totally agree. That, and then we can we can hear between the lines. We can read between the lines. We can capture these glimpses and, and understand more of the path. You know, see the path before us. And 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 it's like this sounds very vague what I'm saying now, but I see I can look I'm hearing myself say that it's like what does that even mean you know, but but basically it's not really I mean it does sound like what what is that, but when we do like you know for me it a lot of it has to do with the information that I'm hearing that has to come out of me in writing I don't feel like I have that much of a choice anymore but to write and I often write anywhere from one to three projects or manuscripts or decks at a time because it's coming through in different ways on different subjects. And so my path often, besides running my store and and trying to become a better person every day, is is to really write, to let it come through me and to do as much as possible to continue with the path of aiding myself and all the people around me and those that read my books to um, increase the ability to stay focused on positive energy, positive thought forms, and personal improvement. Mm-hmm. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a journey. It is a true journey. And what I um, have found with this 2019 being a three-year, I mean, it's 12 if you do regular numerology, but then that converts into mm-hmm. a three-year, and then right now we're in a three-month. And it really mm-hmm. is a different different frequency this year. And um, I've never been as busy. I have been in January and February and now going into March. Normally those are my little bit of a slow time where I kind of ease into things. But have you noticed the shift in the, the rap? The, I don't even know how to describe it. Do you seem busier? You or do you, the what? level of intensity, maybe? Is that what you mean? Yes. Like how quickly everything yeah. is shifting? It, well, I mean, we started I with a lunar like and solar that. eclipse in January, and then we went into, like, this full moon that was a super moon. I mean, it's, I mean, what is your take on 2019? I'm just curious if you have any thoughts on it. I feel like it's a year for personal to really, even more so than other years, I feel like, at least for me personally, it feels like a year for personal uh, reflection and personal improvement. And if there's things that um, me or you or anybody has observed about themselves that they don't want anymore, they don't like anymore, they don't, you know, want to have as part of their reality, then this is a pivotal time, but I think this is always kind of true, to make it make a decision to change, make the decision to do something different to to a different way of approaching life to make it better to make the make the life that you really want it's never things don't happen to us and i think the more and more people realize that you know things don't happen to us you know somebody says well i will i ever get married again it's like i don't know do you want to and they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, then you will. And they're like, come on, no, really. And I'm like, no, really. If you decide you right. want to do that, or will I ever, you know, you know, be able to write a book? And it's like, sure. Do you want to write a book? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, well, then you will. But you have to decide right. it, and then you have to do it. <laughs> right, and, and that's I, and the, I, the I, empowerment of the co-creation. Like, take responsibility for co-creating with the universe. Call it in. You know, it's like, yep. if you've called in being solo, then on some level, that you know, and that's why I like how you empower people. You're like, well, do you really want to write a book? Do you really want, you know, to, like, have a boyfriend? If you do, then of course you can. And that's really, it's the willingness um, to receive this and ask for it. That's the co-creation. And so many people don't understand how this works. And it's really mm-hmm. pretty simple. I wouldn't say simple. That's not, but it is simple, really. It kind of is because yeah. we change realities. We change reality with every thought that we have, and but we have to take action. It's one thing to call it in, but then we have to take the action. Exactly. So, do you know what I mean? Like, how can I you, do. you can't just say, oh, I think I want to have a car that is, you know, an XYZ car, and, you know, well, okay, then you have to save the money to get the car, and you need to go to the, right. the dealership and go test drive. You have to go practice, you know, that car. So, yeah, it's, it's funny, always like, a matter of intention. 
Yeah, like in The Secret, the, one of my favorite lines or sections in that, you know, that movie is where um, I think it was James Ray, but I'm not sure. It doesn't matter. But the point is, is that he, he said, you know, you can sit and meditate all day long, but if you're not in action, one day your stuff's going to be at the curb. So it's kind of like, you know, you have to like be in, like you have to be in action and co-creation. So, you know, do you want more money? Do you want a teaspoon or do you want the ocean? What do you want? And what are you willing mm-hmm. to receive? And I think that's the bigger thing that people right now are working on is I firmly believe that a lot of people just the thinking, you know, I, I don't want to go into politics, but because there's just been a lot, if you don't keep yourself your frequency high you can like totally get sucked into it and i think that right now what you said is what the magic that i have heard of the vibration number three it's looking at your life what is it you no longer want to bring along what no longer suits you and that's really how feng shui works it's like a constant updating of your of your space your thoughts what are your intentions you know what do you want in the nine areas and the more you can live in this way with letting go letting go bringing in letting go bringing in and and seeing what it is that you want mhm that is true and communicating it cuz the number 3 also vibrates um to the is a vibration that has to do with communication um a, a trinity which is a triangle that's another aspect of it um being sociable getting along with uh, siblings, perhaps, and allowing for diversity. So often we get stuck on this is the way, this is the only way, I want to do this, and this is the only thing. But, you know, it's really great to diversify, kind of like you want to diversify in the world of finance. You don't have all your money in one thing. You have diversification, and it keeps everything balanced. Well, similarly, I feel like in our spiritual philosophies and our goals and our intentions, if we allow ourselves to diversify our energies and utilize various tools and techniques, we'll have the ability to create the world that we really truly want. You know, in my this new book, I do write about using numerology in conjunction with the gemstone kingdom. And so... Um, the three, the number three, uh, some of the gemstones that are associated are amazonite, which has to do with communication, amber, which has to do with um, like being able to establish a boundary with grace, you know, say, you know, if you don't want to do something, say no, or if that's not okay, no, I'm not going to accept that reality in my life, you know, you'd be able to express what you need to do. Amethyst is another one, ametrine blue calcite, citrine for confidence and courage, copper for really hearing and listening and receiving insight. I mean, there's quite a list of three vibration, which is, and it also has to do with broadening your horizons in life. So if that's the case, then we can say that the vibration of the three for this year, we just had 333 the other day, right? March 3rd, 2019. It, yeah, it's a and that, and I guess and I don't know enough about astrology to the degree to overly talk about it. Although I do have the zodiac listed with the gemstones in uh, this new book, Crystals Beyond Beginners. Um, right. But there is a, a major transition now. Let's see if I can remember what it is. Um, is it Uranus moved into to to Taurus? Yes. I, I okay. So Uranus was in Aries for the last seven years, and it just moved into Taurus. And mm-hmm. the, the fiery part of uh, being an Aries, because Aries is the youngest sign in the zodiac, is, you know, we've, we've had some ups and downs and all arounds, and this movement into Taurus is going to ground us. Prosperity should be better, because you know how Tauruses are. I mean, they're like, uh, they just don't give up. They charge and keep going and um, et cetera. And then we had a new moon in Pisces yesterday that we are still feeling the the effects of. Um, and the new moon in Pisces was totally. Um, what are what is your what, what is your deal with spirituality? Where are your where is where do you want to go deeper this year? And um, mm. the high frequency, the higher frequency of Pisces is to have that intuition and work with you know, listening and communication, et cetera. The lower vibration of Pisces 
um, is uh, victimhood or martyrdom. So the whole thing right now is to change your frequency to one of doing the spiritual thing. Last year was service. This year is um, just changing it and, and having the best year you could possibly ever have. And if you envision that, that's what's going to happen. But this Uranus thing, you know, Uranus can come into your life and all of a sudden just flip it upside down in two seconds. Like everything can change like in a holy instant. It's similar to Scorpio but a different way. And supposedly now that we're out of a fire with Uranus and we're into um, an earth sign like like Taurus, and it's going to be there for seven years. Well, I like, can help ground some of those sudden changes, perhaps, you know, because I have Uranus as the first planet in, in my chart. So that has, you know, this, that's vibration of sudden, sudden happening, sudden changes, you know, right. lightning energetically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it's and, like, you're like, what? I mean, and that's kind of similar to Scorpio with the transformation, but with Uranus, it's not always transformation. It can just be, holy crap, what just happened there? Mm-hmm. What just happened? You know, when I want to, you know, with this the sign of Pisces, I do want to mention it also has to do with compassion. You know, so mm-hmm. you know, like Margaret Ann saying, I want to be a nicer person. I don't want to judge. Same here. I'm like really trying to not. I'm not trying. I am <laughs> making a shift mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on how to be a little more gentle in my delivery because sometimes I zing people and I don't mean to. It's just mm-hmm. um, it comes it comes out a little too fast. So I've been really working on um, slowing it down and remembering it's not what you say, it's how you say it, and, you know, taking better care of me so that I didn't have the wherewithal to um, be more compassionate because it really does take energy to slow it down mm-hmm. to help others, but you have to be centered yourself. And, you know, and that's this whole deal. Like right now we have the opportunity um to just make a shift. That's what this whole year is about. And then we also had um, the mer- the first of the three Mercury retrogrades. So Mercury will be retrograde. That happened the day before yesterday on Tuesday until March 28th. So this is a fabulous time. You know, people freak out over Mercury retrograde, and I'm always oh, like, oh, God, I'm, I get to finish. I get to clean I more drawers. <laughs> I do, too. I love I Mercury <laughs> retrograde. It's re- redo, review, re- re- re-evaluate. I mean, right now my um, office ha- has been turned upside down and inside out and renovated because of a water, a little flood, not not disastrous flood, but a little water thing that happened. And it has forced me into reviewing things, going through papers, getting rid of what isn't necessary, letting go. And I feel like the Mercury that was all in the shadow of Mercury retrograde because there's that period of time prior to Mercury actually going retrograde where we have that you know it's the beginning it's the it's the shadow and then we have it after Mercury goes direct again so I look at it as a fabulous opportunity and all, I think every single one of my publishing contracts was authored and or the actual contract was signed during Mercury retrograde. And I look at it as a fabulous thing, even though they say, never sign a contract while Mercury's retrograde. The horror. You know how many leases I I signed on behalf of my family while Mercury's retrograde? It's fine. But what I look at it for publishing, for me, it's been very beneficial because that means that they keep re-publishing me because it's a re-kind of a of a time we reevaluate, redo, re uh, right. you know, reinvent. Right? Well, and 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 the whole thing is is that the contract you had already been in the in the negotiation uh probably on it. You'd already started it. You started the process of who's the perfect publisher. And see some people just like they are like ridiculous. I can't sign anything until the 28th. Well, you know, being, you know, I'm a real estate agent. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like people just like stopping their life. I can imagine because I'm in real estate too. And, uh, you know, so it's like, (laughs) yeah, the world isn't going to stop. I mean, I had one attorney that I was, you know, was a conscious of astrology and she understood about Mercury retrograde. It just means you take a longer time to re look through the contract and make sure there's no weird stuff that needs to, you know, be re- has to be redone. So you add a modification onto it. Big deal. <laughs> you know? 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and this uh, Uranus thing is, um, I just found my notes. I was like, where are my notes? Because um, I talked about it on my morning, Wednesday morning show that I'm doing now. At any rate, it's like, mm-hmm. um, it's it, it's there for seven years and it's going to be subtle, but it is a really big deal. And it's saying that globally we may see shifts in issues related to financial structures, housing, and food production because that's all the Taurus thing. They like beauty. They like money. They like security. Um, and personally, we may start to make changes in our living arrangements, homes, our values, and how we use our resources, which include our fine, which includes our finances. And then it says, no matter what sign it's in, Uranus can bring instability. However, the goal of Taurus is always stability. So therefore, the changes that are going to be happening right now, while Uranus is in Taurus, will be a little bit calmer than the fiery energy that we've had for the last seven years with um, Uranus and Aries. So the whole deal is. We can use this Taurian energy, which is tenacity, you know, like they just don't give up. And um, so use that bull-like energy to make sure that the shift happens. And it's also going to help us get through to completion on things. It'll be a lot easier year. Um, Last year, a lot, the whole deal last year was how can I best be of service? And if you did that, then this year is going to be really good because you're already in the flow of tuning in, to the the planetary needs as well as your own and i don't know i just think it's this powerful this has just been a kickstart year and um you know for you you're working on aren't you working on two more books right now two books and a deck <laughs> yes i am <laughs> <laughs> what is your I, what is your deck what is what de- or should i not well, ask I, is it I not announced really, i don't know if i want never to mind, never mind. because yeah yeah nope. but i mean it's will it have to do with you know the world that I live in of course so it, it it's of course going to involve gemstones or aromatherapy or the angelic realm you know something and it's always the power of positive thought somehow you know and that's because that's everything I do I that's I want to I feel like gemstones are a tool that are first of all people like it and are pretty they like to work with them they're pretty they like collecting them you know it's beautiful it's beautiful like my desk is like uh hardly any room for me to have my hands because there's so many rocks here on my desk with me but the funny. point is is we i know it's kind of it is funny but it's sparkly but so if if crystals have a language i i use the words crystals minerals stones gemstones all interchangeably so if crystals have are sort of a language whether we use them for oracular for oracles or whether for inspiration, but one of my favorite things is the mindfulness. It's like if I have my, I always have a carnelian on my desk uh, because it helps me remind me to stay focused to complete a task. I have a tendency to do, I do always complete tasks. I'm very conscientious, but I may have four or five or seven going on at the same time, and I often use that as my tool to stay on get one of them done all of the way <laughs> and then move on to another one. My rose quartz. Um, and the so carnelian. What? I'm sorry, what? You were going to say something about carnelian. I wanted you to. No, I mean, I'm sure it grounded you, but then, um, but then what were you saying about the pink? I have a lot. I have rose quartz, kunzite, damborite, um, I, and I think there's something else in here. Uh, yeah, uh, my rhodochrosite and more wow. rose quartz. And and the and the but that is to maintain focus on love. You know, you mentioned earlier that you you know you your manner of speaking sometimes people that might take it the wrong way because you you you're a fast talker and you you have a you have an intention and you have you're you're intelligent you can see through situations and I have a similar <laughs> that's probably why you and I get along just fine <laughs> and like each other so much. And I can get myself oh. into trouble because I get taken the wrong way oftentimes when it's my intention is always love. So I right. keep a lot of rose quartz or pink gemstones and green stones around me. I really always want that to be the, the most important thing that people feel, sense, or know and can somehow move beyond my, you know, quick nature or my you know, some of the people that take my courses, they take it because I am blunt and I am direct and I'm not, 
too airy-fairy in my work, but more grounded and focused and, and that. But other people, that's not comfortable for them because they are wanted a little bit softer than I presented. You know what I mean? Right. I do. I do. So, so I just want to talk about, um, okay, yes. So any of those pink yeah. stones that Margaret just mentioned um, that she keeps. And, and the reason, okay, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to actually do exactly what you just suggested, and I'm going to put like a little dish of the pink, uh, beautiful love vibration crystals. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to talk about, uh, I thought this was fascinating in this book. I, I, I was like, wow. Okay, so you did do the zo- uh, Zodiac with the crystals, but your chapter seven is fascinating to me. The crystals oh, for careers and you. professions. Can we talk about this just a little bit? This is fascinating. I would love to talk about it because it's so exciting to me when that came to my consciousness to, to, to match up. And I actually started matching up careers and professions in the essential guide to crystals, minerals, and stones with each with almost every, if not every, of the 160 rocks that are in the Essential Guide to Crystals, Minerals, and Stones, I have, you know, that this stone would be good for, and then I list a number of professions. And as that was coming through, it's like, wow, this is a wonderful concept. And I really love that these things, these rocks, these things vibrate similarly to certain professions. And so to just it doesn't mean you have to be in a given profession for this to be beneficial to you. What I like is that working with a gemstone with the intention of understanding someone that comes from a given profession. Like maybe you want to understand better a contractor's vibe or, or an architect's vibe. Then a pyrite would be a good stone to, to connect with because there is a very specific geometric structure and it's that cube, you know, reminds me of foundation because it's cubical in its formation. And, and so it's understanding that the different, you know, like not everybody relates to actors or creative people, but maybe if you connect with the gemstone, like carnelian or peacock copper, then you might have a better understanding of their more flamboyant or creative nature. Is that making sense to you? It makes total sense. Total sense. And, you know, when I looked at some of the, like for a lawyer mediator, um, Amazonite, do you, do you need to eloquently speak up for yourself, listen uh, to what others have to say to avoid making inaccurate assumptions? The truth about a certain matter needs to be spoken. Honesty is very important at this time. You are able to discern the truth and set um, boundaries with others. So that's the stone. And then the affirmation, each each. Um, profession has the stone and um, and then in some cases there's more than one stone but but she puts an affirmation Margaret puts an affirmation with each one so on the Amazonite uh, the affirmation for a lawyer mediator is I stand up for myself I say what I need to say I have uh, I honestly communicate what is on my mind I speak eloquently I just I, it's just beautiful and then there's like librarian and law enforcement officer and I looked at that one and I thought I'm familiar with black tourmaline and I thought well that makes sense because you're working with the energy field and you know like not taking on um you know the stuff that's going on with whoever's doing whatever they're doing that has attracted a policeman mm-hmm. to correct them but but mm-hmm. I don't I didn't I didn't know much about Galena I was like or right, did I say it correctly You did and Galena, Galena is led that is what Galena is. It's lead. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. All right. Because I was yeah. like, what is this? Okay. It's, it's lead. It's so lead. So that's because the same black that absorbs. So, ha- it's, it's kind of like a silvery gray. They have to be so strong. I just like just so honor and respect law enforcement officers, even more so now these days. It just seems like God bless them that they're brave enough to go out there just for an even a simple uh, like traffic stop could be scary. Oh, I know. And it's like they have to be so strong and be able to have, and so I even write in here, I happen to pull myself to that part of the book, pull yourself up from by your proverbial bootstraps and find your inner strength to face challenging situations with an empowered attitude. 
which I feel like that's Galena, and that is like a law enforcement officer would have to have that kind of a, an inner strength to be able to deal with these circumstances that arise. God, hmm, I just like what I think about it. I just want to like shake, shake it off me because it's, I think it's pretty intense to do that. I'm too much of a wuss. <laughs> well, it is, you know, and my, my son's very good friend um, was, I'm glad it was because um, he just had a new little baby and, you know, he was in some rough spots. St. Louis is not exactly the most peaceful place to live in the country right now. And, um, you know, we have a, we just have a, a difference. There's a city and there's the county. And, you know, they're trying to merge the two, which uh, I have no idea how it's going to play out. But the point is, is that I found out that he's now a personal chauffeur uh, driver for a CEO of a you know, a company that everyone on this call would recognize that I'm not at liberty to say. But he, I said, so is he like a bodyguard? And he says, well, you don't exactly call it that, but that's kind of what it is because he mm. he's acutely aware of energy around. And so he and, um, this is so sweet, he and his boss were in Washington, D.C. last night, and my son now lives in D.C., so they all had dinner together. And I oh, just thought, nice. you know, it it really, yeah, it really is. And I'm just, you know, and it's funny because I, when my son was thinking about changing careers, um, I, had, I had suggested that he contact this company, and then here he is having dinner with the CEO, and then my girlfriend is this, the, his right-hand person, and so I know a lot about this company. And I even sold a house where the pilot was his private pilot. I'm like, what are the chances? Mm. You, know, it's, you know, it's a small world. Um, but mm. I do want to ask, okay, so, so I want to mention, so there's all the different professions and then the different stones and the affirmation, but then with mm. each zodiac sign, Margaret has created like the energy around the sign, um, you know, you know, I just opened it up to cancer, which is, you know, my sign, um, and you, you say the word, which a lot of people don't realize that there's um, a statement like uh, cancer is I feel, um, Aquarius is I know, Gemini is I think. So you incorporated all mm-hmm. of the different um, qualities, but then you also covered the stones, and then um, – and then, uh, and it's just, you tied it all in. I just really like that. Um, but I do have a question for you. I was at the mm-hmm. Body, Mind, Spirit Expo in Chicago over the weekend, and I was right across from this this uh, booth where I bought jewelry from her before, and I had lost one of my earrings. So uh, interestingly enough, she didn't have another pair like that, but she actually had a pair that matched the, the it's a, just a clear quartz crystal um, necklace, and so I found that, and but then I kept. I was there for two days, looking straight across at her booth, and there was this one stone that, and I mean, it's a big chunk of Larimar. A lot. Mm. So did. that's right, Larimar. Okay, so I bought this like medallion. I have a small piece of it, a, a necklace, but this one is just beyond powerful. And so, what? Why can you? Give me a little few tips as to why I was so drawn to that. I mean, I was doing readings nonstop oh, and doing a lecture. Totally makes, uh, makes total okay. sense. You are the ultimate communicator. You run a magazine, communication. You are constantly coaching people and, 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 and teaching people and, and guiding people. You're, you're a main thing. You have a radio show. You talk. You're, Larimar is about communication and experience and being able to be a very good listener as well as a good communicator and, and also to hear even what's not even being said, like getting it on a whole nother level. And so it's like I think of them as if you were matching a an animal to it, because, of course, I have to match animals to it too. It's like a dolphin. And the, and the vibration of not, you know, like this, this more than just the, clicks and the sounds, there's an emotion, there's a, there's, there's a tele, telepathic link that uh, is being picked up. And that's also why you, you express quickly, because you're, you're getting things so much faster than the ordinary bear. <laughs> that is interesting. And I don't know if, I think you might know this, but maybe not. I, um, up until 1997, that was my last trip, I used to take people swimming with dolphins. Oh, no, I didn't know that about you. And yeah, so there you yeah. go. That that makes total sense because that's totally a, a like a dolphin kind of a, of a rock. 
So they, that matches perfectly. I'm going to share a dolphin story before we go into the um, more with your book. This is an interesting story. So there's this gal that used to take people swimming with dolphins, and she kind of mentored me on, you know, like I used her dive captain to, you know, charter the boats and things. Um, and she had a group in Key Largo, and, you know, these dolphins are huge, you know, and so mm-hmm. it, it's very easy to be intimidated. So there was this gal sitting on the edge of the dock, and she just was, she just said, I don't think I can go in the water. I'm getting everything I need from the dolphins just sitting right here. This dolphin came flying out of the water and smashed into her one of her breasts. And, <gasps> um, yes. And so they took her to the hospital because, I mean, this was like, you know, I mean, they're huge. And they have that pointed beak when they come at you. I mean, that was, it, was, it was profound. So when they went to the hospital, to the emergency room to check her, she had a tumor in her breast that she did not know of. I, and that's exactly I where that dolphin went. Say. Wow. See, I knew they, you were going to say that. Yeah. See, they scan. They... They, the, that's why the, the stuff that the Navy does and all this other stuff with anything that disrupts their sound frequency, it's really hard on them because they do everything by sonar, and they can literally scan you, and then you can't look directly at them either. They have peripheral, peripheral vision, so you, um, if you go head-to-head on them, they look at that as very aggressive. So you kind of go to the side, and you know, I had six of them swimming around me one time, and it was because I was chanting "Om" in my snorkel, and they had never heard anyone do that. So that they were quite interested. They're like, oh, "What's that?" And these were wild dolphins, you know. And it and How then also, I was. How many years ago was this? When, when was the last you did this? The, the last trip was in 1997 when I was pregnant with Noah, and I did a children's program. Um, I hired a gal from Unity Church down in um, Key, Key West, and she ran my children's program. And then one day we went out. I had a children's boat, and I had an adult uh, boat. Wow. And so we had two, two. Yeah, and so I was pregnant with Noah, and there was this gal named Marcy who was celebrating her 70th birthday. Her daughter had paid for her trip, you know, to come. And so I said, Marcy, when we go in the water for this last, you know, last thing in the water with the dolphins, I said, will you hold space with me to make sure if there's, because, you know, I was 42 when I was, you know, pregnant with Noah, and I said, can we ask the dolphins to scan and correct anything that's not okay? And because they had missed a test, they somehow missed this test, and, you know, they should have done this test. And I was already an older mother, and I didn't want to do an amniocentesis, so, you know, I was a little bit nervous. And so mm-hmm. I am not kidding, Margaret Ann. They dolphins came, and, you know, Marcy and I still, every once in a while I see her and we talk about it, they came to four points. There was one in the north, south, east, west. They surrounded, like we were right next to the boat on like a line, you know, holding onto the line. When we asked, talked to them, mm-hmm. we talked to them, and they came, and I felt them. I felt them, like, connect with the baby. And, you know, I was eight months pregnant. I came back from Alaska teaching and left for Key uh, Key West the very next day. I was a maniac there during that present, uh, that I guess so. Wow. I taught everywhere. I taught in Sedona. I taught, you know, in Alaska. That was all all the way up until right before he was born. I just traveled. And and you were eight months pregnant and did that trip? Yes, I got yelled at on the airlines. But I'm like, look, my doctor gave me permission. This was all scheduled before I knew I was pregnant. And the doctor said it was okay. But the, the, the flight attendants, like especially coming back from Alaska, they just they were not happy with Cindy Meyer at all. And I'm like, look, I am just fine. This baby's just fine. And, you know, I knew everything was okay. But but really, probably they shouldn't have allowed it. But I was just fearless. I was just fearless. Good but those dolphins. Well, you wouldn't have had those experiences if you didn't do it. I know. I know. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I knew there was more to that stone when I picked it. I was like, okay. Margaret Ann will know. And this lady had a little book that I read a little bit, but it just didn't feel like quite the answer that I, you know, so it makes sense with the communication. Makes and total you have sense. my essential guide to crystals, minerals, and stones. So go ahead and pull that out off the shelf somewhere okay. and okay. read more. Cause that, okay, because I know right I where that is. Bra- I, I, I have to brag for a second. My essential guide to crystals, minerals, and stones has sold over 20,000 copies now. That's awesome. That is just Isn't that amazing. Cool? 
Sometimes I forget that we're on the radio. <laughs> I just, I'm just talking with my friend Cindy here, but I, I, I'm <laughs> glad I said it. <laughs> that oh. is, if you don't have all your list, all those listening, if you don't already have a copy, you might want to get it. That that well loved that it sold that many. So it's an amazing, amazing book. I mean, Margaret Ann tells you the attributes of the crystals, but then there's always more like, um, and like the, this new, new book that she just came out with the first chapter is um, there's an introduction, you know, a history of gemstones, et cetera. But then she talks about how to grow your crystal collection, how to work with intention and pulsed breath for clearing your crystals. Um, she talks about smudging and the tools for smudging. And then she talks about crystals, meditation and mindful manifestation. And, um, I just think that whole chapter is just, you know, every word counts. And then you go into chapter three and it's crystal infused aroma energetic mist. So let's talk about that because most people do not know how to use crystals unless they're doing elixirs, but most people don't even know that. So can you talk just a little bit about what is a crystal infused aroma energetic mist? I mean, I, I read it, so well, I know, but the listeners aren't. Right, right. And and so basically it's what I, that's my my line, my aromatherapy line is a line of aroma energetic mist that um, have to do with you use essential oil, you use um, your intention when you create a blend of essential oils, this is the oversimplified dis- description, create a gemstone essence. This is not for internal. I don't, I don't believe in, in taking any any kind of essential oil or gemstone elixir internally. I, this is all for spraying around, on and around the body. And so a gemstone essence you can create or a crystal tincture, you can call it by many names, is basically super simple. You get a, a jar and you fill it with, I use tap water, but you could use distilled water. You could use special spring water. Um, you could use water that you did the hokey pokey around, whatever you wish, you know, seriously, and jokingly as well. And then you put the crystals with intention. So let's say you want to deflect negativity and you also want to gain clarity. Well, black tourmaline, clear quartz, and snowflake obsidian would probably work, you know. There's just different combinations, and I describe all how you can use that in the book, of course. And you probably, some of you that are working with gemstones may already know some of the qualities and just figure out which gemstones would match your intention. Place them into the water with, I put like Everclear or uh, 150 proof or whatever the number is, very high proof alcohol to hold the vibration. And then I often even add holy waters. More often than not, I'll use um, holy waters that I've collected from around the world. And now I'm so blessed that my customers and readers send me or give me holy water from their local cathedral or from a special sacred site. And then if you combine that all together and then you take that gemstone essence that maybe has more and more, I even put Bach flowers in mine too, and you add it to your aromatherapy blend and put it into a spray bottle with water and then utilize that combination. Now I say, you don't have to, you can use maybe a tablespoon. It doesn't, it's sort of like energetic. It, it's that sort of, it is. So it's not like you're, you, you don't have, more isn't always better. You just need a little bit of the essence. And then that's holding an intention, matching with the intention of the gemstones. And what a fine recipe you have to spray around you so you feel it, sense it, smell it, and then affirm and keep you mi- your mind on what it is that you do want and take action toward it. Boy, I went on a little a little uh, thing there. No, no, no. It, all- it's, well, you gave us a whole lot of information, you know, a whole lot, and and yet we're empowered. And this this is what this book is, is like, uh, listeners, because like Chapter 8, The Evolution of Your Spiritual Path and Personal Development, Margaret Ann talks about the cores of attachment to people and events, you know, historical events or things that have happened in your life, and um, the effects of the negative talk from others and, your, and, and yourself, because negative self-talk, 
you know, thoughts are things. That's, you know, we, we were, you know, talking earlier on, you know, you not, sometimes you think no one knows you're being judgmental because you're just thinking it, you're not saying it. Well, thoughts are things. It's an energetic mm-hmm. um, thing that goes on into the universe and affects all of us. And then you talk about the gemstones to cut the cords. Like if you have the intention to cut a cord with a person, a place, or a thing, um, you can use gemstones to help you. And then also greater self-understanding through past lives. So this is like this book that just goes on and on. Like the, every chapter has its own um, own magic, you know. And then like crystals for balancing and healing, combining crystals for specific intentions. Uh, Margaret talks about the grids, the amulets, and the charm bags. Um, I mean, this just, you know, and I love I love, love, love the chapter on zodiac and numerology. Um, and then Aww. there are exercises and, you know, she's got exercises and practices that you can do. Um, uh, like chapter six, releasing and healing from negative attachments, step by step, how to do it. And, you know, when you taught that class in St. Louis, I just loved the, the you know, it was Archangel Raphael where the healing where we floated in a green pool of liquid and felt any cords released, but then filling those cords back in with that green, beautiful liquid. I've never oh, forgotten it. Yeah. I mean, I've Aww. never forgotten that meditation. That was one of those power. I mean, you know, we both have done a lot, but that one has just stayed with me. And whenever I feel like an attachment or something draining me, which we all know it happens, is I'll just imagine that. I'll just imagine myself floating and floating, and then I'll see that cord being you know, severed and removed so that, and then I see it being healed and repaired. So, you know, you just offer so much, Margaret Ann, with all all that you're doing. And um, is there anything else you want to, like anything coming up? We're, we're getting close to the end. I want, want you to mention okay. your Facebook page or website pages, oh, like how sure. people find you. Yeah, you've got so many different ways where you yes. can help people. Yeah, so com. you can find me there, thecrystalgarden.com. Uh, also, I'll be in uh, outside of Boston. If anybody lives up that way and is listening, I'll be at Circles of Wisdom in the first weekend in May doing a series of workshops. I'll be in Iowa City, um, the Iowa City Metaphysical Keynote Speaker in October. So if you want to come to that, and I'll be at Illuminations, pre- and post-seminars uh, before the, the, the expo and after the expo at Illuminations in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And, of course, I'll be out in Denver. I'm going to go to Colorado Springs for uh, a talk on my Animal Totems in the Gemstone Kingdom book. And um, so I'm going to do a little, a little touring around, but always find me at the Crystal Garden and my academy online, academyofthespiritualarts.com. So there's a lot. There's a lot of ways you can find me. And I, I'm always on Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, I'm Margaret Ann Lembo. Just, just at Margaret Ann Lembo, you can find me there. Follow me. It's fun. I give you lots of positive thought forms and, and pretty rocks to look at. And if I could let you smell crystals through, the, through uh, my uh, social media accounts, I would do that too. But that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Gosh, you're so funny. But, you know, that is the nature of our life right now with the communication and social media keeps us all connected. Um, okay, so I'm just going to make a couple of announcements. Uh, next, okay, next week we'll be off uh, the air. My guest, uh, Mae McCarthy, is going to come on in April. She had a change in her schedule. And then on March 28th we'll have Elizabeth Summers, the numerologist. Um, and then the last thing... Spirit Seeker will be going to Egypt in January 2020, and there will be more information coming. But if you've ever had a desire to go to Egypt, I was there in 2008, this is the time to do it. Okay. I mean, really, it's going to be fabulous. Marta Marta Thomas, who is in charge of the, her baby is the Global Pyramid Conference, um, she's taking, I'm going, I'm joining her group. So if you have an interest, call the Spirit Seeker office, 636-530-7579, or send me an email to info at spiritseeker.com. So, Margaret Ann, I want to thank you for being my guest. I want to thank you for being on the front lines and not stopping. You know, Thank you. Is, you know, seriously, you know, you're just an amazing inspiration to me. And, yes, you're my very dear friend, too. But that's, you know, just <laughs> from, from, from my mind to your mind, from my heart to your heart, I just thank you for all that you're doing. And thank you for taking the time Aww. to be my guest. 
And um, well, my pleasure. Listeners, Thank you for having me. Yeah, you want to you want to be on Margaret Ann's email list, and you want to know about our products and everything. So, okay, we'll have a wonderful evening, rest of the evening, and um, may. 2019 be your best year ever for all of us. Okay. Thanks, Margaret Ann. Okay. Good night, everyone. Bye. Good night.